Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills, located in Dover, New Jersey. Our desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application for our lives. With that in mind... good preacher brings the Word of God to bear upon the culture, not the culture to bear upon the Word of God. The people don't drive the message. The culture doesn't drive the message. The Word of God drives the message and then teaches people how to live it out in our corner of the world. This is what they say. We're just trying to convert people. You can't convert anyone, loved ones. Sadly, not every teacher of God's Word is trustworthy. The Apostle Paul even called some ministers peddlers of the Word. Today, Pastor Jim shows us how to spot a true preacher of God's Word. With that in mind, here's Pastor Jim in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 2 with his message entitled, Peddlers and Preachers. I had one of the area pastors say to me, man, I listen to your sermons all the time. You're really good at the gnarly passages. I said, I love them, man. (laughs) If they're hard, we go at them. I said, do you? He goes, no, no, I can't do that. I mean, there's just certain books of the Bible that if you leave feeling all zippity-doo-dah, hi-ho, hi-ho, it's, you know, off to work we go. Some of you are like, what is he talking about? Um, (laughs) There's something wrong. I mean, if you listen to somebody teach the Proverbs, James, the Corinthian letters, and you're feeling fine and dandy when you're done, That guy is peddling because those books are tough. God wants to show us how much we need him. And that's a big part of Bible teaching is that God wants to show us our need for him. He doesn't want us to skip that stuff. Every preacher needs to ask themselves this. And if you're the only Christian in your workplace, guess who the staff preacher is? It's you. Every preacher needs to ask him or herself, who do I stand before when I speak? Do I stand before people or ultimately do I stand before God? Am I representing Him well or am I representing myself? God calls followers of Jesus to speak with confidence and boldness. Confidence in Him, boldness in the truth, not obnoxiously, not with a political agenda, but lovingly, kindly representing Him. He doesn't call any of us to be some person who's shaving the truth to make a sale. Hear the apostle telling the people, I didn't tailor the message so people would like it better. I didn't shave the truth to be a success. I spoke in the sight of God. I knew God was watching. God was listening. But not only in the sight of God, he says, I spoke in Christ. That's a big, important term to him. That has a lot to do with our personal relationship with the Lord Jesus. And he says, my personal relationship with the Lord Jesus was what drove the truth. I was more concerned about what Jesus thought 
than I was about what people thought. And this is what breaks my heart about the area in which we live and so much of the church in America. Let's forget about goofy preachers for a minute. I include myself in that. So many people listen to this stuff. So many people listen to outright false teachers. So many people are listening to watered-down messages. This is what breaks my heart. Is their relationship with Jesus that lacking that they don't see it? Is it that they don't joyfully receive God's conviction and God's rebuke knowing that's going to make their Christian walk better? And they're going to love Jesus more? Are they so tied to a church that they won't leave it if they know it's off because of what other people are pressuring them? They're like, oh, I can't leave the church because I have a ministry there. Are they not trusting that Jesus is going to use them elsewhere? If God has called you to the ministry, he will use you wherever he puts you. Trust me on that one. I left a great ministry at a mid-sized church to go to Calvary Chapel at Oldbridge, to go to this massive church. I'm thinking, nobody's ever going to notice me here. In Galatians 5.11, the Apostle Paul says that he was persecuted because he preached the offense of the cross. People, even religious people, against him because he was going out telling everybody, listen, if you don't put your trust in Jesus Christ, you're not going to heaven. But the truth of the matter is, no cross, no gospel. No cross, no good news. No cross, no heaven. But for the apostles, the message of the cross was not something they mentioned in passing. It wasn't a tag-along at the end of the message. Jesus Christ and Him crucified was the centerpiece of the message. It's where they were driving people to constantly. Peddlers, what do they do? They just usually mention it in passing. It's sort of a passing thought. You know, how are you going to fit the cross into four ways how to be happy? Well, I don't, I don't know. Next week. Next week. We had one of the beloved sisters in the church went to one of the churches in the area where her kids go and the pastor didn't mention literally any of this stuff, and, and she went up and rebuked him <laughs> after the service. She's like, my kids go here. <laughs> Bless her soul. You see, what do the peddlers do? Well, in the poor cities, what do they do? It's all about money. And in the burbs where people have money, who are like, we're not buying that Trojan horse, buddy. It's like life coaching. A bunch of how-to's. And this is what they say. Seriously, I've had lunch with these guys. I have had breakfast with these guys. I have talked with these guys. I can't believe I'm not totally blacklisted yet. This is what they say. We're just being sensitive to the culture. And this is what I could guarantee you the Apostle Paul would say. I know you are. I know you are. But what's more important is to be sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit in God's Word. See, a good preacher, whether you stay here, you go somewhere else, you've got to know this. A good preacher brings the Word of God to bear upon the culture 
not the culture to bear upon the word of God. The people don't drive the message. The culture doesn't drive the message. The word of God drives the message and then teaches people how to live it out in our corner of the world. This is what they say. We're just trying to convert people. You can't convert anyone, loved ones. You can't. I love what Spurgeon, the Prince of Preachers, said to his students. I'm just paraphrasing. He said, don't think you can convert people any more than you can teach a tiger to be a vegetarian. The apostles talked about sin and repentance. They talked about living the Christian life and the power of the Holy Spirit. They didn't talk about doing whatever you want because God will forgive you. We call that hyper-grace. They preached the necessity of holiness. And we said last time that they lived in the middle. Because some people thought like, well, you're too loose and other people thought you're too tight. And if you get accused of both, you're probably in a good place. They taught the necessity of being part of a solid local church that teaches the word of the Lord. Not just uses the word of the Lord, but teaches the word of the Lord. That's because, remember I talked about basic views of Christianity? That's because one of the basics view they had was that the word of God correctly taught and correctly applied has the power of God to build people and has the power of God to build healthy churches. And healthy churches are filled with what? Healthy Christians. Not perfect people. Not perfect people. The only perfect person allowed in this church is Jesus. That's it. Nobody else. And I fear that some of our churches say they believe this if you read their statement of faith. A lot of people say, well, does your church have a statement of faith on its website? And I go, yes, but let me just counsel you in something. A statement of faith is not worth the website page it's printed on. Because anybody can say they believe anything. What you've got to do is you have to see what is actually happening in faith and practice. 2 Corinthians 12, 19, same book. Again, do you think that we excuse ourselves to you? What's he saying? <laughs> We're not defending ourselves in this matter. We're not. Then look what he says. We speak before God in Christ, but we do all things, beloved, for your edification. He says, we do what we do because we're trying to build you up in the faith. We're not trying to draw a crowd. We're trying to build you up in the faith. In 2 Corinthians, he even teaches that suffering is an important part of the Christian faith. Now, did you see what I just did? I just peddled it on you. I just peddled it on you. This is a much more accurate statement. In 2 Corinthians, the Apostle Paul has the audacity to teach that suffering is a necessary part of the Christian life. It's not an important part. It's a necessary part. How many of you became Christians and you came in on the boat of suffering? Most of us, that's how we came in. It's how you find Jesus. Even when you already are a Christian, you find him in suffering. It's how you find strength. It's how you find faith. 
And the apostles taught us that Jesus Christ uses our suffering like he used his own suffering to draw people in to hear the gospel and to bring glory to God. What happens when things are going really well? Your friends are like, um, so everything's going really well for you. What's going on? You're like, well, you know, I um, started going to church and I started reading my Bible and I started doing things the right way and I, 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 I. But when you're suffering and people say, how is it that you keep following this Jesus? You're like, man, I don't even know if I can explain it. I know he loves me so much and I love him back. And you know this dude in the Bible said, though he slay me, I will trust in him. And guess what? He was right. Suffering Pastor Jim, man, that is not a popular message. Suffering is not something that we want to embrace. We're Americans. Suffering is something that we get through. I mean, we're Americans. We are overcomers. We can beat anything. We are the world's poster kids for successful Christian living. But Pastor Paul, the apostles were pastors. Pastor Paul taught his flocks that he was the churches that he planted that one of the key features that God at work in your life is you endure and you persevere in trials. Loved ones, don't be fooled by American Christianity. It's not about personality. It's not about fame. It's not about miracles. It's not about money. It's not about buildings. It's not about morality. It's not about Bible knowledge. It's about Jesus. And I know it's really hip to say it's about Jesus, but it's not about Jesus if there's no suffering. It's not about Jesus if there's no broken hearts along the way. It's not about Jesus if there's no sacrifice for the kingdom of God. It's not about Jesus if it's not about the word of God. Sometimes you're going to feel like the biggest doofus on the planet. I understand that. The other day I was listening to our radio show on another radio station that had a live DJ. And it was our radio show. I wanted to make sure they were playing it. (laughs) And I was listening to it. I was like, this is wretched. I was like, this is embarrassing. I can't believe we put this on the radio. And the message ends, and I was over across on the other side of my office, and the DJ comes on and goes, wasn't that so encouraging? (laughs) I was like, he must have had his iPad on, his iPhones on, you know, something like his headphones on or something. But you're just not going to think it's you. See, it's not Jesus without the reality that sometimes being built up comes wrapped in confrontation from God. Sometimes being built up comes wrapped in correction from God. Sometimes being built up comes wrapped in pain. Sometimes it comes wrapped in suffering. It's real. I'm convinced our young people, man, we keep saying that, oh, so many young people are leaving the church. I'm convinced they want something real, not something phony, 
Not some slick presentation. Somebody who can just tell generations of people, people who are willing to tell generations of people, I caught my rear end kicked over and over, but Jesus never left my side. I had disappointment after disappointment after disappointment. But he was there every step of the way with me. And I will never leave him for that reason. I will never leave him for that reason. And the apostles, there's no easy believism. There's no excuses. Oh, well, you know, I'm just growing. No, it's the indicator that our lives reflect our spiritual state. The Bible writers never sweep worldly living under the carpet, but they're always willing to embrace people who want to come back to Jesus. Why? Because they loved people. Because they saw Jesus do it. They love people too much not to tell them the truth. They love people too much and Jesus too much to stop soft-pedaling it. 2 Corinthians 4.2, the apostle says, But we have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness nor handling the word of God deceitfully. What is he saying? We are not peddlers. We will never be peddlers. It's not happening with us. We're not doing it. But by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. What's he saying? He's saying, listen, God did not send me to water down this message. God didn't send me to adjust the gospel. God didn't send me to stroke egos. God didn't send me to avoid hard truth. God sent me to people who need him. That's what he sent me to. The Apostle Paul was not some slick speaker where the presentation trumped the content of the message. You know, a lot of guys, all they work in is on the content. A lot of the guys are buying the sermons on the internet and then adopting the content. Some of the people around here, they go, oh, you know, three churches are doing the same series. I guess they're all deciding it's a need in the church. No, they're buying it online. I'll show you where they're buying it from. They're not teaching light messages. The apostles didn't teach light messages. You know what light messages are? Not like light of the world. Like, taste great, less filling. Notice he says, we were not handling the word of God deceitfully. We brought the full counsel of God. They spoke the truth. In chapter 5, he says, we begged people to trust and obey the Lord. And you know what is the amazing thing about this guy? He even continued to serve the people who criticized him. He says that the word of God speaks to every man's conscience in the sight of God. Because belief or not determines your eternal destiny. And they love people enough to say, you know what, if you put your trust in Jesus Christ, you're going to go to heaven, and if you don't, you're not. But what do we have today? People are tweaking the message. Let me prove to you that they're wrong. I know it's late, I'm going on and on, I know, I'm on the soapbox, but give me a couple more minutes. Many of you are familiar with the parable of the sower the parable of the soils. Sower went out to sow, sowing the word of God. Jesus is the sower. He's throwing out the word of God. How many of you think Jesus is perfect? How many of you think the word of God is perfect? So then where's the problem? With the soil. The problem is with the hearers. 
And what we have going on right now in our churches in America is people are tweaking the seed because they don't see the problem is not in the seed, the problem is in the soils. The problem is in the hearts of people. The truth has power. The tampered word lacks power. The easy user-friendly message lacks power. And each one of us has to make this decision, what we're going to turn to, the transforming word or the tampered word. John 6, Jesus preached a tough sermon. It was really tough. And the people, they judge Jesus. They go, this is a hard teaching. Other versions say, this is a hard saying. Jesus turns to them and says, oh, I'll be nicer next week. No, he doesn't. You know, he turns to them and he says, does this offend you? (laughs) Well, as a matter of fact, Jesus, we are offended. I don't mind if this church, as long as I'm here and God gives me breath, I don't mind if people say, that's a hard teaching church. We're in very good company if that's us. We're in very good company. We're in the company of the Lord Jesus Christ. If we're just honest with people. John 666, you know it's bad, right? John 666 says this, From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. Then Jesus said to the twelve, disciples were the followers, the learners, the people followed, but the twelve of his twelve apostles, Jesus said to the twelve, Do you also want to go away? Do you know what he's saying? Are you offended like those people were? Do you want to quit because you don't like what I said? And Peter, who suffers from often foot and mouth disease, comes through here and he says, But Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And also we have come to believe and know that you are the Christ. Christ means Messiah or anointed one, the Son of the living God. So friends, let me ask you a question. Honest, honest. I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you the truth from the bottom of my heart. I'm more concerned about your soul than I am whether you come back here or not. Have you believed? Have you really put your trust in Jesus Christ instead of yourself to get to heaven? If you have, are you continuing to trust him? Are you continuing to trust the greatest preacher who ever lived? His word, the Bible, even when it seems really hard at times. And here's the thing. I love this about him. Even when it's hard, he never leaves you. Are you willing to continue to put your trust in Jesus even when the Bible rubs you the wrong way? Even when you don't like what it says? Have you put your trust, maybe for the first time today you can, have you put your trust in the Savior of the world? There's no other, none other. 
Are you continuing daily, if you're already a believer, are you continuing to put your trust in the Savior of the world who is, as Peter said, the only one who has the words of eternal life? Let's not peddle it. Let's be honest with people. Let's not be afraid of what they think. Let's be afraid of what God thinks. And who knows what he will do. You've been listening to Changed by Love, the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Dover, New Jersey. Our hope and prayer is that all of our listeners would grow into committed followers of Jesus Christ. And we're overjoyed to play whatever role we can in helping you mature in your faith. Would you like to know more about us? Maybe you'd like to pass this message on to a friend or family member. If so, go to our website at www.changedbyloveradio.com. Maybe you have a question or need some guidance. We don't want to replace your pastor, but we are here to help. It's so easy to contact us. All you have to do is call, click, or write. Our phone number is 973-659-3380. That's 973-659-3380. Our email address is info at changedbyloveradio.com. And our mailing address is changedbylove, 158 West Clinton Street, Dover, New Jersey, 07801. Once again, that is Changed by Love, 158 West Clinton Street, Dover, New Jersey, 07801. You may be surprised to know how excited Pastor Jim and the Changed by Love radio team are to hear from you. In fact, it's common for Pastor Jim to pass on your encouragement to the congregation here in New Jersey, since we consider all our listeners part of our family. That's all the time we have for today. Our sincere hope and desire is that you will join us again next time on this radio station as we continue teaching the Word of the Lord. We here at Change by Love pray God's best to each and every one of you today. Until next time.